0: Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back. I'm Lucas, I've got Chris and Uriah here. Sixers off-season officially began. Uh, guess actually technically on our 100th podcast, this is 101st podcast, but we're gonna actually talk off-season stuff now. Trades, draft, that type of stuff, mainly trades, Ben Simmons, of course. So, Chris, One of the big talking heads on ESPN recently had uh, something to say about Ben Simmons. You want to get into that?
2: Yeah, sure. So we're going to talk about some gossip from Stephen A. Smith, who, of course, is co-host with Max Kellerman on First Take in the Mornings. He said that, quote, I believe the Golden State Warriors are going to make a push for Ben Simmons. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but calls have already been made. Things are percolating. Obviously, Golden State makes a lot of sense for Ben on paper. You put him next to two of the best shooters on the planet. You put him next to a star point guard. It's hard to imagine a better place for him basketball-wise. But, Lucas, how likely do you think this is to happen? And, you know, how do you think it would would come about?
1: I think there's a decent chance of this happening. I mean, if Ben Simmons... oh, I mean, if the... The Golden State Warriors have two first round picks in this draft. They do have other picks in the future. I don't think they I don't think they're out of a lot of their future picks, which is good for them now. So they, they could give picks if the Sixers want them. Now obviously Sixers are contending, so they would like some players. You've got Andrew Wiggins, you've got young players like Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole. I think Jordan is gonna be a nice solid starter in this league. Um I mean, and if they wanted to, they could get a third team involved. Maybe send those picks to a third team, and the third team can send Philadelphia the star that they're looking for. just depends on, you know, what you're looking for and what you want. It's totally possible. If I had to put a percentage on it, I think I'd give it about a 35% chance, which is pretty high considering the amount of teams that I would think would want Simmons' services. I, I would like to see him, if he does go to Golden State, obviously, like you said, he's like a, uh, you know, what Dre, if Draymond Green had a lot more athleticism, that's what Draymond Green would look like without the jump shot, because Draymond at least t- attempts three-pointers. Um, that would be like a point center for them at that point, point forward.
2: Look, I disagree. Like, We've talked about it on the pod before, but they're such different players. I I
1: mean, they're they're similar in the fact that they facilitate the offense and they're both defensive anchors. Now, how they play is different. I won't deny that. I'm not disagreeing with that because Ben pushes the pace a lot more and he makes reads off the dribble a lot more. Draymond sets up the offense. But, you know, the half court where Ben primarily stays off the ball in the half court, I mean, I think his role would change a little bit with the Warriors in that regard, but... And obviously, athletically, they're different. Um, it's hard to say that there's somebody more versatile than Draymond Green, but of course, that's Ben Simmons defensively. So, I mean, I think that there would be a similar role. I don't think they—I think if they get Ben Simmons, they would have to trade Draymond Green because those two cannot play together in the fourth quarter. That That is not enough shooting on that court. But that being said, I, I think it is a good destination for him if Steph and Clay are healthy, for sure.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's hard for me to say there's not enough shooting on the court and you have Steph and Clay. I'm sure they could probably make it work, um, especially when they went small. I agree that Ben and Dre is not the, the cleanest fit. I think if this were to happen, if we're going to throw out hypotheticals, a good chance that Draymond would be one of the players getting traded on Golden State's end. Even if you're getting the 7th and the 14th pick back, which are great picks and a pretty solid lottery class, I don't think that's enough for Ben, personally. I know we're all still kind of hurting from that that postseason flame out, but Ben is still a really good player, and he's 24, and he's made three all-star teams, and he was Defensive Player of the Year runner-up last season. Finished a spot ahead of Draymond in the Defensive Player of the Year, But So, there's a lot of value there, whether you like Ben or not, whether you're, like, royally pissed at him or not. You can't really just trade him away for the sake of trading him. So... If there's not a third team where you're getting m- multiple good players and picks back or you're not getting like a high-level creator, I, I struggle to see it happening. I-, I think it has to be a three-team trade because I don't think Golden State, unless they're going to trade play, which I wouldn't, in their case, I don't think they would even think twice about that. They say no. Unless that's the deal they want to do, then they're going to have to find a third team.
1: Yeah, you bring up some good points. I think a third team probably would be best, even though I, I wouldn't hate a package of, you know, Wiggins. Because Wiggins was very solid in the play-in. You know, he's developed as a two-way player. He's not going to be the go-to score that you need, no. But he is an 18-point-per-game guy on any given night. He can go for 30. Uh, defensively, he played really good for the Warriors. Um Eric Pascal and Jordan Poole are great young talents that I... I and I, I can't remember who po- posted it on Twitter. I think it was Jay Santino. I'm not 100% sure. But um, somebody posted that tw- trade on Twitter. And I I I did not hate it. Um, well, so, but that being s- said... Look,
2: with, with Wiggins, like... You have to take it into context. Last season, he was next to one of the greatest, like, on-court leaders and decision-makers ever and the greatest shooter of all time who <laughs> alleviate all sort of pressure from you. Like, he certainly bought into his role, and he improved. That, that was the best version of Andrew Wiggins we've seen to date. I, I don't disagree with you. He got better, but he's just nowhere near Ben's stratosphere as a player, and if you put him next to Joel, who's still not the world's greatest decision-maker with the ball in his hands, and next to Tobias, who's a bit clunky himself sometimes, it's just not going to look as good. So I think you have to take that into account.
1: I mean, yeah, fair enough. And if you can find a third team that would flip you, Andrew Wiggins, for somebody better, you do it, Um, obviously. But, I mean, let's let's be real about Ben's trade value right now. I mean, we're talking about C.J. McCollum, who's – I mean, granted, he's played at an all-star level but hasn't been an all-star yet.
2: Yeah, well, so. CJ's, like, way better than... I, I don't disagree. Better.
1: I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, look, if his value's too low, you don't trade him. That's just mm-hmm. the state of things. You, you don't have to trade him. It's not like he's asked out. doesn't seem at this point that Joel has told the Sixers to trade him. So until something like that happens, if the deals aren't good enough, you, get, you keep him around. Well, Chris, what, if this
1: trade were to go down, would there be anybody on Golden State that you would want on the Sixers?
2: I mean, if you can get, like, some of the lesser guys, like Jordan Poole, Michael Mulder, Juan Toscano, those are all cool players. I'd love Draymond. I think he'd be super cool to have around, but he's not a good fit. So I think you'd have to bring a third team in. Okay. Um, but Lucas, going off that Stephen A. Smith report, he also was speaking about the conversation that his agent, Rich Paul had with Dara Mori, Elton brand and six with Man- management. Typical of agents, they clearly want, you know, some saying where Ben goes. If he is traded, that was basically the takeaway from that meeting. No trade request was made for Stephen a or per Woj. But it's clear that, you know, Rich Paul has about as much clout as any agent in basketball. You want to keep a good relationship with clutch sports. I think that's generally a pretty good way to go about things. So he's someone who will certainly be in the Sixers' of the year. Lucas, do you think Simmons, as a player right now, has the clout to potentially request like a you know a specific trade destination or to say no to a specific place? Do you think that's in the cards for him?
1: I mean, as a player, no. Simmons does not. He has not given this. F- Philadelphia franchise anything to spectacular about second round X is not enough to get you clout. But as but as you said, who his agent was, Rich Paul, that's all the clout he needs. Because Rich Paul, as you said, represents a lot of the NBA stars. I mean, that's how guys like Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith got big contracts from the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron was on there because they were Rich Paul's agents and LeBron wanted them to get big money. So, I mean, he wanted to keep them so they got big money. So, Rich Paul has all the clout that Ben Simmons needs, but Ben Simmons as a player, no, he doesn't have the clout himself to have it, but the clout of Rich Paul gets him, will get him where he he would be okay with going.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, the Sixers are going to take Best offer that's made to them if they take anything, um, you know. I'm sure Ben would probably like to not play in you know a smaller market that's not ready to compete right now. I'm, I'm sure he prefers to go to a winning situation. Um, and Rich Paul will make that hurt. I'm sure, and you do want to maintain a good relationship with with Rich Paul. Uh, you don't want to throw anyone under the bus, so to speak. But at the end of the day. Daryl Morey's really well-known to be about you know, winning championships and doing what is necessary to win those championships. At the end of the day, if there's a good trade that they like, they're going to send them wherever they need to send them. Um, I think that's where we're at.
1: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So before we get into our next topic, this wasn't on our agenda, but recently there's been news coming out via Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports that because of the coaching search in Portland and the, you know, unable to put a winner around Damian Lillard. It's kind of pushing Damian Lillard out of Portland. It appears to be going that direction. So, guys, and you're right, you can jump in on this too. Do you think the Sixers have enough to try to make a real push for Damian Lillard? Yeah, of course.
2: I mean, look, you trade Ben Simmons, who is still a good player. Like, Mm -hmm. the reports from... Dane Moore, I'll bring this up. He covers the Timberwolves. He talked to multiple league execs who said basically the Wolves would have to give up two first round picks at least if they're not giving up, you know, Carl Anthony Towns or, or Anthony Edwards. So, like, Ben Simmons is going to command value. They're not going to sell picks to get rid of his contract or anything. That's not where mm-hmm. we're at. Do so you yeah. trade Ben, who's a winning player and who's young and has a long career ahead of him, has four years on his contract still. And you trade guys like Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Seibel, who are two very good young players. You have plenty of first-round picks and pick swaps you can throw in. You throw the kitchen sink at him and make it happen. Because it's Dame Lillard. He's one of the 10-11 best players on the face of the earth. There aren't too many players who would fit better with Joe Wells. And if you want to compete with Brooklyn, and you want to compete with Milwaukee, you need an offense that's good enough to do it. This current iteration is clearly not. They lost to Atlanta. So Lillard helps. You've... You, Put Dame Lillard on the team at all costs.
0: That, that's where I'm at. I I agree. I think Damian Lillard is a stud. He has at least five to six more years left of really solid play. He has heart. He has tremendous basketball skill. And I would trade Simmons, Maxie, and maybe you know a couple first round picks. I, I would just do my best to hold on. Oh. But I know I know Chris is not that high on Matisse. I see him as Defensive Player of the Year and just a tremendous... He has tremendous upside, and he can't shoot yet. If you have to put him in, Chris, throw him in. But if Portland would take something else and let us keep Matisse, I would do that.
2: You negotiate from a certain point. But I will say, what's notable about Dame, aside from him being an extremely good player, is that this isn't a James Harden situation where he has a year and a half left on his deal... Not a Drew Holiday situation where he has a year left on his deal. Dame has four years on his contract. You have Dame locked in as soon as you get him here for at least four seasons. That's pretty significant. So that that in and of itself is, is going to probably drive the trade value up quite a bit. There are other teams, you know, Boston, New Orleans, whoever, are going to put together the assets to make a run here. But if you're Philly, you got to do what you can because I. How how else are you gonna you know win the East? You, it's Damian Lillard. You, you gotta go for it. So, I will agree that if Matisse
1: Thybulles the deal breaker, you throw him in. Because he, he, here's the other thing, guys. I honestly think out of all the teams that would want that can you know say okay, we need a Damian Lillard to put us over the top, like the Knicks. I could see want him. I could see maybe the Celtics though. Those two teams don't have the young player assets to get – or like the assets, period, to really enti- make it a fair offer for the Portland Trailblazers. Cool. Sixers probably have the best offer on the table.
2: Celtics, Celtics have Jalen Brown. They're not going to trade – I wouldn't trade Jalen Brown for, for Damian Lillard. I wouldn't. I would. You put Lillard next to Tatum, I think they'd consider it at least. I, it's a consideration, but I at the end of the day, I wouldn't.
1: I'd rather ride it out with, because what, Townsend, New Orleans, just... New Orleans has Brandon Ingram. Okay, yeah, the Pelicans do have a viable option. I'll give you that, but I think if Damien's good, if they come to Damien because they're probably going to do because Damien's earned this right in Portland, they're going to be like, "Do you want to go to Philly or do you want to go to New Orleans?" He's going to say Philly. He's going to say Philly a hundred <laughs> times out of a hundred. So I, I think Philly is the prime destination for him because I don't think the Lakers have the what assets or the cap space.
2: What if Miami says, "Here's Bam Adebayo in, in pits? He probably would. Miami is a pretty desirable location. Dude, that that is
1: a good point. I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know. Based off of Jimmy, well, Jimmy Butler looked like this postseason. I don't know though, Chris. I mean, but what if that's Jimmy Butler? What if Jimmy Butler's on the decline now, Chris? What what if that's the case? He's in the exact same situation he was with Portland, only
2: he has nicer weather, and you know it's Miami. Well, Jimmy's, even if he's on the decline, he's better than CJ McCollum. But is the supporting cast better if you give her a Bam? I, I don't know, but I'm as far as who would be on Leonard's list. I wouldn't count out Miami. I mean, I wouldn't they either. Tend to end up on people's list. Because it's Miami, yeah. And yeah, like I said, I don't well, I don't yeah.
1: think the Lakers can get them.
2: New York is going to be on his list. The Knicks aren't exactly but winning the championship.
1: But they're not going to... Well, who are they going to offer? Is Julius Randle? He's a free agent this summer, I believe. I don't and know who
2: they offer, but if we're <laughs> strictly like, where does Lillard want to go? you got to like keep the big markets in mind.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure money-wise, Lakers could make something work, but... I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If he, I think Stephen A. Smith said that Dame doesn't want to play next to LeBron. He doesn't want to be in that shadow. And I. I mean, I. I get it. I don't know, guys. I. I still think the Sixers are probably the top most desirable places where the Blazers can actually get like real assets in return for. Them. And I. I think that's where we're at here, because like you said, Ben Simmons is still an All Star level player. You can still get assets back for Ben Simmons. You pair him with Maxie and Thibel. And, you know, if they want Isaiah Joe, take Isaiah. Take whoever you want, not named. We pray that you take Tobias Harris. But if you can't, you can't. Um, But let's go ahead and get to our main next point, which is, and it's a real possibility here, guys. We kind of already touched on it. There's a real possibility that Ben just stays in Philly this offseason. And if that's the case... What does Ben have to do this offseason to get the trust of the Philly fans back in his favor?
0: Hey, Chris, can I jump in? So so the reason why I put this question in there is because I heard a really interesting proposal from – it's called First Things First. I think it's Fox Sports. Yeah. yeah, And and the one guy, they were joking, right? You had Chris Broussard and and, um, it was some former players. Some guy I'd never seen before. He had a really loud outfit on. That's just what I remember. But this... Was he a player or was he a... Like, no, a he man? was just a journalist, I think. Was he like a beard with like... Is, was his name Nick something? No, it wasn't Nick. I know who you're talking about. He has like the hook nose. Not it wasn't yeah. Nick. It was another guy. But the, he, he said that he thinks that for Simmons to regain the trust of the Philly fan base was to have a press conference and they would call it Trust the Process 2.0. And Simmons would have to come out publicly and basically say to all the fans, this is what I'm gonna do. Uh I admit that I have flaws, but I'm gonna commit myself to to this team, to this city. While some people laughed, one person said, Wow, I, I could see that being the the bridge to reestablish trust. So that I just found that interesting. Would that ever happen? Hell no. But the question is for you guys. What do you think he would have to do? Because he is really on, you know, the crap list for a lot of fans. Could could he do something like that? Or could he not? I mean, what do you guys think?
2: Like you said, that's not going to happen. But I, I do think that kind of a gesture would go a long way with people. Um, obviously, like we're not going to know for sure until next season starts and we see him on the floor. Um, like he can talk about his jumper all he wants to the media. We can hear all sorts of reports about him changing hands or whatever, but until the fans see him on the court and there's a tangible difference in how he approaches the game, he's probably not going to have much confidence from anyone. Um, you know, we've been talking about the jumper. He's been saying he's comfortable taking them when they're available for years now. He it, it just doesn't take them. So, uh, again, I'm not a big like jumper guy. But until he changes, until he is demonstrably more aggressive night in and night out, and you know, imposing his will on teams consistently, until that's the case, fans are gonna keep him on the, you know, the list, so to speak. So. It, it we really won't know until next season yeah I,
1: I mean I I kind of agree with you both I think the, a press conference like that would est- not establish trust but establish accountability saying that okay I will let you guys hold me accountable which I think Philly fans would appreciate but wouldn't earn him trust per se I think like Chris said it's going to have to happen in the season he's going to have to take mid-rangers he's going to have to take threes and more than one per game too That's that's the thing and, you know, the thing is, if he would have done it when Brett Brown would have asked, I think this meltdown in the playoffs, I think it might have even been your blow.
0: Bingo. If he was, Bingo. If, yeah. Bingo. That, you nailed it right there. He, His coach encouraged him. And it's funny. Danny Green was saying Ben's not the type of guy who doesn't do something unless he's encouraged. I saw that clip. Yeah. But guess what, Danny? They did try to encourage him. And I thought Brett, for as much as he coddled Ben, by him coming out publicly, he took a risk, and looks like it failed on him. But he put it out there, and I, I respected that. But Simmons' response, I was like, "I'm not shooting anymore. No one's going to tell me what to do." And by the way, real quick, guys, I just read something just now. Guess where Ben Simmons is vacationing right now? Think of think of the least the the place least likely to care about basketball. It's a European country. Where do you, where is he right now? England. Yes.
1: Oh, I thought, that was just purely that's, that's a guess. A good, that's a good guess. I Can mean, just... they, they have their own league, but they're not big on basketball. I think Luol Deng's the only player that ever – oh, and
2: Diop.
0: Diop. Diablo yeah. were the only yeah. two players that ever came from England. I read that he's out there uh trying to get in get in good with some British actress or host named Maya. I Jaya thought he was I something. thought he was no, he's not with Jenner anymore, is he? No, no, no. But she kinda looks she's like a, a Jenner, I guess, uh like a similar type build look. So yeah, he's out partying in, in England where they could care less about basketball.
1: I think the the thing about city city of Philadelphia, and I, I forget who where I heard this from, but like they were all behind Markel Fultz when yeah. he was struggling.
0: Yeah,
1: like every time that Markel took a shot, everybody was on their feet. They were excited. They were like, "Let's go, Markel! Let's go!" And every time that Ben Simmons attempted a three, even if it didn't go in, like they were like, "Yeah, let's do this more, Ben." But you know, it wasn't.
0: You're right. I was there at Game Five. Whenever Ben went to the line, no matter how many times he missed. Everyone was cheering him. Well everyone wanted wants to see the success of Ben Simmons reach that level because the team's fate was was intertwined with his success. But mm-hmm. the one thing that I, I called 975 last week and I had to vent. I don't mm-hmm. I don't call into the radio station as much as I used to, but I called Devon Givens 975. Shout out Devon. And I said to him, and first of all, he's the one he says look, he, he's done with Ben. Devon said that he does not trust him anymore. And Devon's a guy that's in the practice facility. Yeah. He's, he's a journalist. He's there. Mm-hmm. He's just done with Ben. And I brought up this point to him, and I'll share it with you guys. If you, think, if you look at Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan, in their early career, they all recognized their flaws. And they attacked their flaw relentlessly. They had the mentality to not fall victim to their fears, Or of being judged. And unfortunately, Simmons has not. He doesn't have that in him. And will he ever get it? I don't think so. Chris and I, we went into it last week in Mm -hmm. depth. But if he did do a press conference, I would gain some, maybe a little sliver of respect for him because he would admit that he has a problem. And that's where it starts. If you admit you have a problem, then you can start working on it. But if you're dismissive about your weaknesses, I am who I am. Yeah, I am who I am. So I'm I'm not optimistic, but we'll like Chris says, we'll have to wait and see. I,
1: I will also say this, and I'm surprised we did not have this in our agenda. I just thought about it now. There was an during an episode of uh, First Take with Stephen A. Smith, he paused the show because he got a text from somebody inside the Sixers organization, and he said Ben Simmons has never worked on his game he's never tried to improve he doesn't listen to anybody and all everybody's around him is family and he's coddled that's not verbatim what the quote said but that's essentially what it
0: was that was from joellen <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean it could have been i mean who knows stephen h smith doesn't reveal his sources but you know i think that's pretty telling right there But I guess that brings us up to our next point, and Uriah can explain this more because Uriah was watching basketball this time. Uriah, do you think this meltdown, this postseason meltdown, will um, carry over and
0: give Ben Simmons the Nick Anderson syndrome? For all the people who do not know who Nick Anderson was, he played for the Orlando Magic when Shaq was there and Penny Hardaway. In a Game 1 of the NBA Finals against the Houston Rockets, the Magic had a three-point lead, guys. And Nick Anderson, who was a very good shooter, guys, he was like a six-eight, like hybrid, small forward, two guards. He was lethal from three-point land. So he, he, he could shoot. He had a great technique, great touch. He gets to the free throw line. All he had to do was make one, just one, to make it a two-possession game. This guy missed four in a row. Because on the the first two, the second one, he got his rebound, and then he got fouled again. So he missed four straight free throws. And I remember watching this. I'm like, wow, how did he do that? So the point of that story is the next few seasons, Shaq went to L.A., Nick Anderson was never the same. And he admitted that those four free throws, those missed free throws, affected him so much that his career pretty much plummeted at that point. So that's that's the whole point of the question is can— do we think that what happened to Ben in the playoffs, do you think he can recover from that? I, I, I don't know.
2: I would venture to say so. I obviously you can never know for sure. We don't know what's going on inside Ben's head. Danny Green mentioned that he had a lot of stuff going on personally, that he, you know, keeps to himself. So so you can never know exactly what, what's going on. But is there a chance that it affects him in, in a way that is detrimental? Of course. Um we've seen that with players other than Nick Anderson too across sports history like guys have guys who have a meltdown like men had there's a chance that it messes them up in some way um, but I, I, I think he'll be a good player again I don't think he's gonna like spiral into obscurity now I, I don't think that's the direction we're going um, he had missed important free throws and crumbled in important moments before obviously not on quite the same stage and to quite the same level that he did in the Hawk series. But these Ben problems are kind of have been boiling up for a while. It's not a new sudden issue, like the Nick Anderson thing, where he's a great shooter, then you miss his four and it just gets in his head. So I I think he'll be a good player again. I don't I don't think it's gonna be that kind of issue.
1: Well, if we're going on trends, I'm gonna say it probably will affect him long term, but That being said, it doesn't stop him from being a great player. He influences the game in every other aspect. And what I think will happen, and I've said this multiple times I've written about this, I think his role needs to change, whether he's on the Sixers or elsewhere. He needs to be a point forward. He needs to be like a secondary playmaker at, at the power forward position, because what he's doing right now is just not working. And, you know, Brett Brown... He had the right idea of trying to switch him to a power forward last season, but injuries stopped that from actually ever, you know, coming into fruition, fruition sorry, let me say that again, coming into uh, existence. So, uh, you know, it needs to happen, whether on the Sixers or elsewhere, he cannot play point guard, not in today's game. I know Rajon Rondo got away with it 10 years, 10, 15 years ago, but that is a different NBA than what we are in now. You need to have a point guard that can create his own shot and at least pull up from the mid-range, if not from the three-point line. And Ben has proven he does not want to do that. And, and at this point, I don't know if he's not physically but mentally unable to do that. I he think, needs to go see a sports psychologist. That's what needs to happen.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so many people are saying online, and not just you know random Joes on Twitter, but actual journalists and analysts on ESPN, TNTs, he needs to see somebody to help him get through this mental block I, and I think, I think it's fifty-fifty, because I think this is probably the worst that I've ever seen it. And there was a guy, a baseball player named Chuck Nogblock, who forgot how to throw to first base. He couldn't get, he couldn't throw the ball to first base. He would throw it every which direction, up, down, left, right, throw it out out of play in the stands, and he just that it just messed with his head so much, just like Nick Anderson. And Simmons is really at a point and we talked about Chris last week it's it's kind of like a bullying thing at this point because he's become the butt of a joke on msnbc on late night tv it's it's really out of control since the last time chris we spoke i am starting to feel bad because people are really taking shots at him and at the end of the day it's just basketball
2: yeah what like think? what is he going to do worse like he he's not going to shoot worse right like, like, there's nothing for him to really get worse at unless he stops, like, passing altogether. His shooting defense. already sucks. Yeah. It's already, yeah. like, a major critical flaw that has, like, prevented him from performing in a playoff series. Like, there's really nowhere else to go. Yeah, you know, there's but, there's uh, not, like, a level below that, frankly.
1: We'll certainly see what happens there. But, yeah, uh, yeah I think it's time to move on. <laughs>
0: did you just kill a bug on our recording <sighs> sorry about that did you just kill a bug on our recording what was
2: that bug doing
0: to you?
1: <laughs> he it was one of like one of those centipede things like okay. walking across wait the furry centipede thing oh I hate those things yeah. like you know the ones that like are actually like water bug thingies yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, it was just crawling across my floor. And I don't usually have bugs in here, so that's why I was like, I got to get it. You For smashed us. the hell out of the thing, man. While I dropped the shoe, I was just <laughs> like, <"Bop." laughs> Should Oops. I edit that out? I want to keep
2: it Nah, nah, keep it in. Keep it in. It's fun. <laughs> All right, Chris, go Unbelievable. ahead. Unbelievable. So we're going to talk about former Sixers, who are still in the playoffs while Philadelphia is not. Atlanta, Milwaukee, Phoenix, and the LA Clippers are your final four standing for those who have tuned out, understandably so, after such a jarring defeat. Um, We got pretty much four, maybe three and a half, depending on how you look at it, prominent former Sixers who are still playing. You have Lou Williams coming off the bench in Atlanta, Drew Holiday is playing a starring role in Milwaukee. And then with Phoenix, you have our boy Dario Saric and Mikhail Bridges, who was a sixer for about 10 minutes. Um, so, Lucas, just off the top of your head, rank those four guys in terms of impact. I think it's a pretty easy ranking, but yeah. what are your thoughts on those four guys? It's
1: pretty obvious. Drew Holiday's is having his way against uh, Trae. We'll see how he does tonight against Trey defensively. But offensively, holiday has been sensational in this series, you know, this Eastern Conference Finals. So he's number one. Uh, Mikael Bridges starting small forward for the Suns. Lockdown defender. Good 3-and-D player. He's number two. Lou Williams is still, you know, providing some scoring off the bench, though. He's looking near the tail tail end. I'm going to have him three. And then I'm going to have Dario four just because – Aiden's playing so many minutes, and, you know, at the same time, it's like you barely even see Dario now. So, I, I mean, and Lou's playing more minutes, and he's providing more of a spark at this point. I'm not saying that you know, Lou's a better player than Dario, but if we're talking about impacts on their team right now, I mean, I'm going to have to go with Lou over Dario. Yeah,
2: yeah. That, I mean, that's fair, right? I think Dario's... Still a much better player at this Oh, point he's still, a much better player, but, but we're talking about impacts, right? So that's, Yeah, that's, I mean, Dario's like, been... It's not like he's been ready to bench, but... Yeah, I, no, no, no. But, you know, he is, his role is limited because they're using him as backups, just the backup He can be side. more impactful in fewer minutes than a guy who's playing more minutes in.
1: I mean, I agree, I agree. I just, I feel like if we're talking about who's more important to their bench units, I'm going to... Well, actually, I guess it would be Dario in that sense because Dario plays solid backup center minutes. Whereas Lou, they can find scoring aisles. Well, actually, no, they can't. I guess they well, have.
2: Danilo. They have Gallo. They I have was about to say, yeah, they got point a game scorer last season. Yeah. I mean,
1: okay. Fair enough. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I, I I don't know. That's a tough one. The first two were easy, but the last two is kind of like I don't know. Now you're making me double quite double Look, think everything.
2: The way we're going, either Drew or Dario is going to win a championship, and that. That warms my heart to some degree. It would mm-hmm. be kind of funny if Drew wins a championship before the Sixers. It wouldn't actually be anything. People would make it into a big thing when it shouldn't be. But it would be at least worth I, it. I, I,
1: I would. think it would be a bigger thing if Dario won it uh, before. But, yeah, be look,
2: to... <laughs> I, I want only good things for Dario. I wish only good things upon him. I, 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 our, I think our next this... question here is, who are you pulling for to win? We all know that my sons are. Uh, excuse you.
1: Excuse you. I was there in the dark days yeah, I, well, of Josh Jackson I and Eric Bledsoe.
0: I don't care about And I thing. was there during the days of when Charles Barkley was there, and I wanted to see him beat okay. Chicago. So, boom. Look,
2: I'm not a Sun okay, fan. I'm, I'm a Chris Paul slash Dario Sarge guy. <laughs> so, look, I'm all for Phoenix winning this thing. I hope it happens. Um, I think it should. I don't know if it will. I kind of feel like the Bucks might be the – the team, but we'll see. I think Phoenix has a real chance, and I'd really love to see it. So
0: I would like to see Chris Paul win one too, Chris. Yeah, I, I, think I, I
2: want, th- he's I want good here. things for Chris Paul, and I want good things for Dario. So that's where my heart is at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm Team Phoenix all the way because you know I used to cover them during the Dark Eight days of you know when Mike James was like their best bench player, not Mike, like Mike James who was like their ninth guy on the Brooklyn bench this year, <laughs> like. When he first got his first NBA gig, when they plucked Daniel House from the G League, when they had oh gosh, I could go on. Uh, Alec Peters as their two-way prospect. Nobody knows who Alec Peters is except for me. and Suns I know fans. who Alec Peters is. Okay, but you did draft stuff that doesn't count. Anyway, my point, my point being is that Suns, I, I, because how they're handling the Clippers makes me think that they've just figured it out. They don't have Kawhi, man. Right, Come not on, not, not be not. real. You not name Kawhi?
2: They've been, they've almost lost like all four games, <laughs> it's
1: four. but they didn't. And you know they why? Because they got the Mamba. next Mamba. They got this. Uh, you know, what? I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Devin Booker the the, the, the son the Suns Mamba.
2: Beating a team, the Valley Mamba. The
1: Valley Mamba. That's what he is. He's the Valley Mamba. 84-80
2: and one hundred three to one hundred two is not handling. The team.
0: And after Stephen A. declared him the next Mamba, I think he shot thirty percent from the field.
2: You know so what? They yeah. still
1: they still won. They, they did still, still win. They did still okay.
0: Win. So wait, Lucas. So let me just give you guys a quick rundown. Do you know that the Phoenix Suns have had some of the most outstanding point guards on their roster in history?
1: Oh, yeah, Kevin Johnson, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd,
0: and Steve Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris that's, that's pretty cool. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. know
2: that. Eric Bledsoe, uh, fan favorite there. Uh, Eric who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm leaving. <laughs> that was a crazy um, text. Uh, yeah. Oh, all right, gosh. social media question of the week. It's your time.
0: So the social media question of the week, it was really challenging all of the social media fans of the Sixer Cents to pitch your best Ben Simmons trade. There are some really great entertaining proposals from all of our followers. I'll start with this one. It says uh, RK. It says Ben Simmons, Matisse, Dibble, plus two first-round picks for Damian Lillard. Good trade for everybody. Portland builds around Ben and Lillard to play with Embiid. Here's one that is hilarious. Adam D. Smith. He says for pitching Ben Simmons, he would give up a bag of rocks, the pickles from a Popeye's chicken sandwich, a blockbuster gift card, and a half a tank of gas. That's fair compensation, in my opinion. Something tells me he's not a Ben fan right now. Uh, uh, Boss Wings at Crocker Phillips said, Ben to anyone for a coconut smile. (laughs) Uh, One guy got a lot of hits. He said, Kenny... At Kenny 76ers, let Ben and Joe play together for the rest of their careers because it makes me happy. He got 12 likes and I don't know how I feel about that. And uh, let's see. um, Some guy, John, I don't know why he said this. Target Jamal Murray if possible. There's a snowball's chance in hell for that. Uh, One person that's the last one before you guys go in. David J. Daniel said None. Ben stays, and we fix a player for once in history. So, Lucas, what do you think?
1: Well, I don't have a particular trade mapped out in my head, per se. But, I mean, I guess I kind of do. I I think the best place for Ben Simmons to land, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to agree with Kendrick Perkins on this, and I'm going to say the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because I like how he fits with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the most versatile, you know, big men in the league offensively, and he's really good at shooting three pointers. I think he's already the the uh, three point leading shooter in Wolves history, which is kind of sad if you think about it. But, um, so him and Ben would ideally make a good combination. Now, I don't know about him and Anthony Ed- Edwards, but you know that's that's not a bad trio to build around. And then the Sixers probably get some combination back of, like, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley. Um, they'll probably try to get us to take Jared Culver because he appears to be a lost cause, and we'd probably do it just because he's a former lottery pick. Take another pick or two from Minnesota, something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't really like that trade for the Sixers, but, I mean, I think Ben with Cat would be a good idea. Um. If I'm looking at what the Sixers could get in return, I mean I would love Zach Levine, but I think that shit is sailed.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, like I I'm all out on a Minnesota trade. Unless it's Anthony Edwards, but I'm just counting me out. So I I I do have a trade in front of me that I pitched earlier today on the website that is a four teamer that I like quite a bit. Really oh, no, I do not like this one. I think, it, I think it's pretty no. great. No. Is that the one that I commented on? I don't know. The one I posted in the Slack? Today. Yeah, oh, no, I no. did not like that one, Chris. I, I think didn't it, see it works for all four teams. I think Please. all four of them would consider it. Indulge so us. I have the Sixers, have the Sixers getting CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, Uriah's favorite former Sixer, and Terrence Ross. I have the Warriors getting Ben and Tobias. I have the Blazers getting Draymond Green, Gary Harris. The number 14 pick, and maybe another pick or two to sweeten the pot on their end. And I have Orlando taking on Andrew Wiggins and James Weisman who this last year's number two overall pick. I think all four teams would consider that. If you're Philly, you get CJ, you get someone who can kind of fill in for Ben defensively in a way, and Robert, and you clear the cap sheet a whole bunch by getting rid of both Ben and Tobias' contracts. Broko's um, on an expiring deal. Terrence Ross only has two years on his deal. You clear up a lot of money long-term with that. Um, The Warriors get Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris go with Steph and Clay. I think that would be something they would be interested in. If you're Portland, you get one of the best leaders and defensive anchors on the planet who could play with Damian Lillard and do big things if Dame is still there. And Draymond Green. And the Magic get James Wiseman. Uh, So I think it works for all four sides. I really like it.
1: I, I will say this, Chris. I will say this out of that article, that was my least favorite one, but you did have a couple in here that I did like. <laughs> I like the three team trio, trade between the what six. What do you like about it? I, I just, I don't Tobias. like the idea. No, I just, I think, nah,
0: I got a nah.
2: Shooting and playmaking. I got rid of Tobias's contract. How are you getting, how are you getting rid Raymon of $70 based.
0: million or $60 million of contract? Yeah,
1: no, I'm just, is, I, I'm not feeling million. it. How do you No, do no, I, this, you, is, this what? is what I, I like your first deal. I like your first deal with Ke- the Sixers the is the getting Kemba.
2: The financials work out. Yeah. It's 100% legal.
1: <laughs> well, I will I will say this, Chris. I like your first one that had the Sixers getting Kemba, the 7th and the 14th pick, the Warriors getting Ben, and the Thunder getting Wiggins in the 28th pick. I like that one. I also like the, the Hornets 3 Trade uh, three team one where you had Gordon Hayward, the Sixers getting Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, the 11th and the 14th pick, the Warriors getting Ben in the 28th pick, and the Hornets getting Draymond and Wiseman. I think those are two trades that I think would make a lot of sense for both, you know, the teams involved in them,
0: and that. So that that's just my thought on it um Chris, I don't know why you want Broco back when we already have Matisse' Look, Broco
2: is an extremely good player you can have both of them
0: oh my goodness that, that, okay
2: that probably before would for Matisse
0: i have to I have to break the bad news to you guys if we traded Simmons now, you're not going to get much from him and unless he does something spectacular in the off season and has another great workout video at an upscale l a gym. It's, he's just at the worst moment. I mean, the guy's in London of all places, where they don't even care about basketball. But I have a proposal.
1: Well, nobody, don't, they, they don't hate basketball. They, like they, they, they got Lou Deng and Diop. Stop it. I mean, Stop they got Luol all. D- I love Lou all. Dang. So you, my dad. Whenever we used to see Dang on TV, we were like, Dang. You
0: guys, you guys brought up Rich Paul, <laughs> and I hate to break it to you, but it's bound to happen. The Los Angeles Lakers are going to somehow land Ben because that's where his mentor LeBron James is, LeBron James 2.0. Okay. And in return, here are the Sixers. They're going to get Caldwell Pope, Alex Caruso, the guy, Tucker, whatever his name is. Taylor Horton Tucker yeah. and Kyle Kuzma. That's, that's all That's all that Simmons is worth right now. Those I don't know. I, I think Those I'm going to – You know, you know what? You're right. It. You're right. You know what I'm going
1: to say to that? I don't know if I want Caruso because right now he needs to – Stay (laughs) off the weed. (laughs) No, that was, of course, Steve A. Smith. Yeah, Yeah, no, he got got busted for marijuana showers. We, of course, don't joke about that, but we, you know, we hope he gets his stuff together. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay. Anyway, but... um, I like the first two that Chris had in his article. I thought those were
2: logical okay. trades. Why don't you like the third one? Explain Be, it to me.
1: Because, first off, there's too many moving parts. I don't see why Orlando does it.
2: Because well, they got
1: rid James of Vucevic. Weidman.
0: They got rid of Vucevic, so they need a big man.
1: I, I, I mean, but they have. they What, What you don't trust um, Mo Bamba or um, oh
2: who's who's no. the other guy that they
0: got? Mo Bamba no, is 180 pounds. Come on, man. That dude is Wendell thin Carter. as a real.
2: You can have both of them. You get James Wiseman, Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba. You got John Isaac. You got Truma. You got Paul Anthony, R.J. you They got all those guys. You got two lottery picks. You can have all of it. All right. Enough you of these. Too much.
0: much. Enough of these trash proposals from Chris. No it's offense, not Chris. a trash proposal. Look, I, Lucas. I, no, Lucas. I like your idea. I like. Oh I like. God. I like. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I like D'Lo coming like to the Sixers. I, I don't hate D'Lo. He was I, an All Star. I like a trade with Minnesota, but I re- my wish list would be Bradley Beal. It would have to be. A it's thing. not happening. But it not. But know. it
2: could so be a three, three times. And we're could, trading him for Russell. No,
0: oh. he fits better. He fits better. He's a. He's a she, I mean, right?
2: no, he doesn't. Absolutely I think he not. He's
0: better than, and offensively, he fits better than Ben does. Come on. Okay, but
2: Come on. in my... Opinion,
0: I, I will say this. I, I, I will say this. It's going
1: to be hard because D'Lo really thrives in the pick and roll, and that's Ben's weakest. I'm he Not is. Ben's. Joel's weakest part of his game is the pick and roll as the big man. He doesn't really roll that well. So that, that will hurt a little bit, yeah. but I'd still like... Dilo is engine. a
2: black hole who slows down the pace and doesn't move the ball very well. You mentioned that Joe is a great CJ is twice the player that Delo is, and in this version, you get off of Tobias's contract.
0: I uh, actually want to keep Tobias. Tobias like will give you second that, or third. You know what you get with Tobias? You get you're twenty getting points, eight, yeah, eight eighteen. Rebounds. Yeah, eight, yeah, like you're gonna yeah. get that, and he did that in the playoffs, except for the last. Game.
1: Yeah, like like he had maybe what two bad games in the playoffs yeah. versus? yeah, yeah. That, I mean, you take that. I mean. He's overpaid, yes, but he's not. He's a solid third option, and, you know. Well,
2: you use that new flexibility to find a more affordable third option.
1: But who's, coming to, to th- but who's coming to Philly? Who's going to come to play with CJ and Joel? I mean, I love Joel and well, CJ, player, but. I'm
2: sure. It, it's a good team. They had, tr- they, they had to
1: trade. They had to trade for Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris to get them both there, and Jimmy left. I mean there there's something going on there and Daryl Morey has never hit on a I
2: mean what Chris Paul was a sign and trade no, right guys the the difference in impact on winning between Tobias Harris and Robert Covington is not as big as you guys would want to think it is
0: What So what um, Covington did squat in the playoffs Tobias Covington stepped is up one
2: of the 60 best players in the NBA probably He's the he's exactly. the top
0: streakiest shooter and one of the worst so finishers convinced. in the NBA. <laughs> oh, I God. mean, this you could well. uh, technically, you could have both if you wanted to, but... I think you belong on the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Chris, they, they, they love Covington over there. They love some Rocco. Not me. I mean, I'm neutral on Rocco. I mean, because uh, he had a really bad season and bad
1: playoffs. But I think that's more a fit than anything else.
2: And you but. guys are overlooking that we get Terrence Ross in my deal. It would be <laughs> lovely on the bench.
0: So too little, too late. We should have had Ross. I don't know. Sorry, you My I deal mean, was the best. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, guys. I mean, we, I don't
1: know. If, I don't know if this this Sixers offense could function with Robert Covington and Matisse Thybulle on the floor at the same time. And I want Matisse to start at some point. So. Hey, before what? we go, hey.
2: whoa, whoa, whoa. It can with Danny Green, but not with Robert Covington.
1: Danny, so Danny Green is a better three-point shooter than Robert Covington is. I agree.
2: It's like yeah. a 1% difference. People guard Roco. It's not like they're sagging off of him. I don't understand what y'all are saying. All People right, Rocco might be Robert Rocco Covington.
0: might be slightly better all around versus Danny Green. I'll give yeah. him that.
1: I mean, yeah, he's a better well, all-around a player, better player, but... Player no, the no, he, he's a better player, offense. but offensively, you know, if I'm... Right now, I mean, ever since he left Philly, his three-point shooting has kind of been... Like, he has hot streaks, and then he has cold streaks. And that's my problem with Rocco. Especially after he left Philly, when Ben was feeding him the ball on wide-open looks. His shooting has been your up and down. Your
2: main problem is if Matisse Thibault can play next to him offensively. That's where you're getting caught up. That's That's your... The That's one thing, snag.
0: the one thing I'll give you, Chris, with Rocco is that because he shoots so much, he does have the opportunity to get better. Because he keeps shooting, he probably will increase his three-point shooting percentage. So I'll, I'll give you that he does have room for growth. But right now, he's—I don't think he's that great.
1: I, I mean, I, I think he is a top 100 player for sure. Probably top, you
2: know, 75. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm not saying trade Ben from straight up, guys. He'd be a, a part of a greater deal. I mean, I don't, if, I don't know if I don't know if the Sixers are. Now that I, I mean, manifested it. I'm put. I'm moving the Sixers in the right direction. I have the
1: all oh, praise, Chris, and his Almighty trades. All praise, Chris, and his Almighty trades. No, I mean it's not a bad trade. It's just not one that I would do, Chris. Like I said, I like your other two trades better. Because I think there's less moving pieces in the.
2: Who cares about moving
1: pieces? The I pieces mean out. i i think I think you're getting better value. I think you're getting better value on this Gordon is- Hayward and Miles Bridges and two picks versus you would get on those When's- guys. When's
0: the last time there was a fourteen trade, Chris? I can't remember. I, I can care. see three. There's,
2: just because people it's aren't never happened enough enough to do before.
0: It. I did well. I definitely. Ha- I mean, it definitely has happened
1: before. That's not the issue. Yeah, it once just, every doesn't happen. Just
2: because people aren't creative enough to think them up doesn't mean uh, that it's not a
1: good let's, let's see if anybody's commented on this so far let's I, see we've I had one comment um <laughs> oh it's not a nice one chris i'm not gonna read Ooh, it on the podcast it was
0: wait did i <laughs> it's not from my burner I, i'm not i mean no it, it said okay i'll read it
1: i'll read it. it says i'm sorry but i would be stunned
0: if any of these trades happened <laughs> Ooh, got me. I think I think Chris has gotten uh-huh. to his it's gotten to Chris's head that he won fantasy basketball league two years ago. Twice in a row, baby. Yeah, during a COVID it's not, year. year. It's not gonna
2: happen a third time. The first one didn't count. It was COVID. Ugh, you won't win again. Uh, well, huh? okay. <laughs> I'm I apologize for my overwhelming superiority in but um <laughs> You should just run the Sixers instead of Daryl Morey, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. We would <laughs> wouldn't have Doc Rivers stinking up the playoffs, but oh. and you would
1: have Mike D'Antoni flaming out, and we the, have Ty Lue. Oh Kick hell! Butt. Okay, so Chris, 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 you say Ty Lue, but I distinctly remember before Doc Rivers came oh, yeah, on, no. I was Ty Lue, and you were Mike D'Antoni.
2: No, I was Mike D'Antoni and Ty Lue over Doc Rivers. Both of them would have been way ahead of him on my list.
1: But you were more Mike D'Antoni, and let's be clear—I yeah, think Doc Ty River Ty Lue is probably the one of the best at making you know in a series adjustments. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say clearly Ty Lu, and I still stick by. I think Ty Lue was still the best candidate.
2: Okay. Guys, I would fire Doc for Mike D'Antoni tomorrow. No,
0: nah, I wouldn't do that. With Joel as his star I'd player would never Steve work. Cassell. He no. would have no idea what to do with Joel Embiid. He would. I would he would. Put
1: Sam Cassell at the front of the bench. Oh, Sam. Sam Cassell. Sure, I'll take Sam Cassell over over Mike D'Antoni any day. Yeah, gifts because Mike D'Antoni has shown us who he is. He's is a guy that can get the most out of his players you know, during the regular season, attention. but he cannot get to the Chris, to the NBA Chris, Finals. How would D'Antoni Luke
0: use? Is,
2: that's the same thing with Doc. He is. But he's won a championship. He he's
0: won a championship. Chris, how yeah, how would D'Antoni... Ago. 13 years ago. How would D'Antoni use Joel? Came. Can you answer yeah, that? Yeah, that's how a good would question. Because what, what
2: and Let him cook.
1: No, 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 mother, cause, the same thing. no, cause Chris, what has Mike Antoni always done with big men? He has made them pick and roll players. Joel, and what's Joel's weakest Howard. part of his game is the being the roller on a pick and roll. He's not athletic enough to be a, f- a lob finisher at the uh, on, on offense on a He's regular basis. And that's
2: Joel like Dwight Howard. That's ridiculous. They're different I was actually
1: like... thinking more like Amari Stodemeyer, but okay.
2: Joel can work from the elbow. He can pass out of doubles. He can score on the perimeter. He can do all sorts of things. But he needs he a point guard
1: him. to run his offense. Unless they okay. get Damien. And Dame, it's not going to happen. Now, I think he could make the most out of Tyrese Maxey. I would love to see that. But, you know, I'm the only Maxey. I'm the only one here that thinks that Maxey could be a starter next year. Rivers I think he can. a game seven Thank you, Shake Milton. Okay? Well, Shake obviously is not a...
2: Shake garbage. Shake is a bad player.
1: Wow, oh, this man. is a. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I think. Wow. I think what I happened is garbage. that he's he's
2: the 12th best player on this team. He's not good. You shouldn't Ooh. be playing a game.
1: Is he? Time. Is he? Is he better
0: Look. than Mike Scott?
2: Yes, guys, he's better. Okay, 11. We gotta save whatever. this.
0: We gotta okay, save this him. for later, guys. Chris, take a sobbing.
2: God, okay. Look. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, guys. That went about 20 minutes longer than it needed to, but. <laughs> You know, that's the off-season for you. You just go off on random tangents until something happens. That's how it goes. Um, to all our listeners, <laughs> thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the of Sense Podcast. Um, wherever you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you want us to talk about, what we can do better. But we've done well we really appreciate it we take it all into account and yeah from the two-time fantasy basketball champion Boo. Uh, signing off peace out until next week we'll talk to you all then